You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I am Allie, your host, joined by Daniel. Daniel, what are you loving today? I'm loving something that is kind of funny because we just did it in our program this week. Oh, no, I know what you're going to say. I'm loving crickets. <laughs> Live. Live, nasty, in the jumping flesh around. Crickets. crickets. <laughs> our staff didn't love them so much, but we had a message on fear for kids and then for students later in the day and we got live crickets for like five bucks from PetSmart and they were a big hit. I mean, some kids were scared and didn't want to do it, but we just well, had a little container point, right? that they could reach in and get stuff like candy or toys or something. Yeah, there was there other things other than crickets. And so to get the good stuff, they had to go through their fear of the jumping gross crickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just a fun day. I didn't know that you could buy crickets that cheaply. <laughs> now you know, for all of our listeners, if you're interested. No, it was definitely a very creative activity, and I'm sure some kids loved it. I used to love bugs when I was little. Not anymore. No, not so much anymore. I'm not putting my hand in a box of crickets. So what are you <laughs> loving? Because it's not crickets. I am loving one of our ministers, Trish. I'm mm. going to give her a shout out because I know she listens to our podcast as well. And she is just the sweetest. We love all that she does for our program. She helps us with our curriculum and our small group guides. She's part of our um, message and series planning team. She has just such a heart for students and our programs, and she's awesome, and we love her. And she bought us lunch today. How sweet was that? And she has a heart for this topic as well. She does. Yes, she does. She does. Well... That is what we are loving, and we are jumping back in, as Daniel said, to this topic. We are in the fourth episode of our LGBTQ plus series. So we just want to, first off, thank you guys for taking this journey with us. It is not easy. It's not an easy topic, and it feels a little bit like we're walking on a tightrope. <laughs> People feel strongly and while we don't want to offend and it's easy to offend people in our world today we do feel the need to have these conversations we're not solving everything by any means but we want to at least get started so today we are going to dive into a sticking point for many people the theology around lgbtq plus so what do our scriptures and traditions say And just as importantly, how do we apply those teachings? Because all the best teaching in the world means nothing without love. There is a lot that we could cover. And since this Mm -hmm. is just a car ride's worth of content, we're going to try to present some new information, perhaps, that you haven't heard. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got to read a few books this year. I really made it a mission of mine to try to learn more. And so I read a few books that spanned... Um, and all had different strategies to develop a theology around LGBTQ+. So the four books that I'm going to talk about, and we'll link them as well. Uh, the first one is People to be Loved by Preston Sprinkle, and it's a deep dive into the scripture passages surrounding homosexuality. The second one is Made for Love by Father Mike Schmitz, probably familiar to many of you. Uh, his book is really more of the philosophical arguments behind what the church teaches. Third book is Accompanying Those with Same-Sex Attraction by David Prosen. Um, We talked about that in the first episode of this series, and it's really his experience um, as a same-sex attracted person in the church. 
And then the fourth book is Building a Bridge by Father James Martin. And he really takes and examines three words of the catechism, respect, compassion, and sensitivity, which are the words used um, by the, in the catechism um, and how we should treat those with homosexual orientation. So um, four books, four very different approaches and strategies about developing that theology. Yeah, and you probably had a reaction just to the authors of those books or the titles themselves. Um, We don't have to tell you anything more to get a rise out of you. That's how hard it is just to talk about this. But now we're going to try to boil this down simply. So forgive us, we'll say first off, if we don't use the language that you want to hear. But here's the tension in the lesbian, gay, bisexual discussion. The Catholic Church and most Christian churches, not all of them, have looked at scripture and philosophical arguments and determined two things. First, same-sex attraction is not inherently sinful. Attraction is not something an individual has control over. And two, same-sex activity is not God's plan for sexuality. So pretty simple statements, but that's really the crux of Mm -hmm. the struggle that we have in our church to talk about this. That's leaning into the tension and where do we go from there? So the writers of these books really based off of just those two statements formulate kind of a response and their responses are all very different. So Preston Sprinkle looks at a few scripture passages that deal directly with same-sex activity and accounts for all of the cultural linguistic understanding. And I don't have time to go into it really right now, but it is really a deep dive and his understanding of what the authors of each of the books was trying to communicate. Some of them are Old Testament, some of them are Mm -hmm. New Testament. It's a really limited number of scripture passages. But he ultimately concludes that there is something about the complementarity of the genders that in part defines the sexual act, the sexual embrace. Um, So that's Preston Sprinkle's kind of take. Father Mike Schmidt starts with love, that we're all called to love, first of all. But love does not equal sex, he says. And there's a purpose to sex that he says can be recognized in our bodies. And so he takes this very philosophical approach and the chapters in his book really are all philosophical arguments one way um, or the other. And he just kind of dives deeply into that. David Prosen is a person who experiences same-sex attraction. He strives for chastity within that. And he shares from his life what it's been like to live out the church's teaching. Um, And really, his book is a call for people to re-examine what that teaching is. Um, It's a pretty short book. And then Father James Martin is trying to build a bridge with the LGBTQ plus community in the Catholic Church. So his goal is the ongoing conversation and relationship. And he says where the LGBTQ plus community and the church stand on theology is so far apart that we really need to start the dialogue elsewhere. And that was a hard thing, I think, when I read it. Mm. Well, I want to have that dialogue. That's where the tension is. And that's what we're kind of leaning into today, too. Yeah, exactly. Four very different approaches. And there's obviously a tension there. And like Daniel said, that's what we're leaning into. Now, we're trying to tackle something huge in just a few episodes. And this is the hardest one to boil down into something digestible and just a car ride's worth of content. So we are focusing more on the LGB question and less on the TQIA+. Not because they matter any less, but because we have limited time. So even though the approaches of these authors vary, there's a vast number of books that you could read. There's articles and videos on this topic. 
One thing that almost all of these authors agree on is that people who identify as LGBTQ plus have not been treated well by church people. And no matter where you stand on this issue, we can all agree on this. Christian teaching starts with love. Aside from the LGBTQ question, Christian teaching starts with love. God is love. To love is our largest calling in life. There's no place in the church for name calling, for cruelty. So words like disgusting, abomination, things like dismissing someone to hell, writing someone off, they're not part of this discussion. They can't be. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a great place at least to start a theology around LGBTQ+ is to begin with love and what does that mean? And to really examine that, and that's, I think, what Father Mike does in his book pretty well. Um, But it's not always what we think it is. Love is very demanding. So I recently attended a group um, that was really a support group for LGBTQ plus parents. It wasn't called that, but ultimately that's kind of what it ended up being. And there were quite a few stories that, that people in the group shared about the reaction of their kids toward church. So there was a moment when their kids came out either to the parents or came out at school or publicly. And whether they were in middle school or young adulthood, for most of the kids of these parents, their first thought was, I can't go to this church anymore. Didn't even really have a second thought about it. That's a pretty accurate gauge for the church's current reputation. Younger generations don't claim, don't claim the church as their own. It's the church, not my church. So they also observe and they've seen over and over again how unwelcome LGBTQ members have been. So what's the theology in that? That's where the tension is really apparent. What should parishes do? What should individuals do? And I'm afraid we don't have all the answers, but we will ask some more questions. How can we embrace that tension and have more helpful conversations about it? How can we stay in relationship with people on the fringes when we may have differences? How do we offer grace and truth in equal measure? We've been hammering truth in this discussion for many years with insufficient grace. There's got to be a better balance. And how do we listen to one another? Listening is so key. Jesus sought out prostitutes, tax collectors. Mm -hmm. You know, and we hear that all the time. It's kind of feels like an old statement, but maybe we've lost the power in that, the imperative that he demonstrates for us, what we need to be doing. The lesson here isn't that Jesus reached out to sinners. Every one of us is a sinner. The lesson is that he wasn't afraid to speak to anyone. And more than anything, we're mostly afraid of this conversation because we know it's going to be difficult, because we know not everyone agrees, because we know the the divide is vast, and because most of us can go on living without experiencing the tension that's there. And so we do. We just go on with our lives. We want to invite you into that tension because that's really where we grow. If our faith can't deal with hard things, then it's of no use to us. Jesus isn't afraid of it, and so we won't be either. So we're going to end a little bit differently than usual today. I just want to pray for us, for this conversation, for where it goes from here. That can still be one bright idea. Never hurts. Always a good idea to pray. Come back to prayer. All right, so let me pray for us, and then Ali will close us out. God, we thank you so much for this chance, um, this moment in time that we have to step back and reflect, to build relationships, to seek the lost, because we all are lost at different points in our lives for different reasons. 
And in this conversation about sexuality, about gender, we know that it's not bigger than you. We know that there is a lot of tension, that many people have been hurt, that we don't really take the time to listen or understand each other well. And so we just pray for a difference in that, that our theology doesn't separate us, but begins to unite us because bigger than anything we believe or take away is you. And so you're that uniting factor that we know that we can hope in and that we know that there's a future there. So continue to help us lean in and not, um, not break our gaze with you and with one another. Let me pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we will link those books to this episode for you to check them out as well if you're interested. Even though there's so much more to discuss, we are actually wrapping up this series next time when we talk about managing tension with written policies and priorities. Until then, we love you very much. Thanks for listening. <laughs>